Hello? Are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Where's Niall? How should I know? Right, look, while I have you, I just wanted to talk about this week's murder scene. I thought if we did... Look, Sinead, would would it be alright if I just... I'm just going to run and grab a cup of coffee. I'll I'll be back in a minute. Cup of coffee, my gosh. Uh, hey there. I am sorry I'm late. I was just unpacking a new artifact for my collection. It's very exciting. It's a statue of Iarkachi, the Incan trickster god, not Veroka or Quetzalcoatl, the Incan trickster god that we all know that uh, will grant a wish. Uh, it just arrived today. It'll grant a wish uh, when the moon is in the seventh house and hilarious results will ensue listen right yeah we did say 8 30 now ross has gone for you know a cup of coffee and we both know what that means frotty bubbly yeasty hoppy coffee hey hey that's not fair now have you ever tried talking to you guys for more than an hour come on let's get podding right let's get started finally uh, look, I was thinking that maybe this week I could do the intro because we're all equals here and it might be nice to, you know, mix things up, have a more intelligent, informed take in the opening of the episode. No, no, no. Hold on a minute there. Hold on. Why should you get to do the opening? You'll probably fill it full of fancy words. What do you do? Swallow a dictionary? Lads, lads, listen. Right. right. I usually do the opening because I'm the professional IMRO award winning radio oh. presenter. And, you know, I'm good at it, you know. Well, maybe our listeners are ready for a bit more of a, you know, man on the street kind of vibe. And uh, while we're at it, actually, O'Brien... You can leave off with your highfalutin vocabulary. Actually, Ross is kind of right there. You do keep going on about the French Mm -hmm. New Wave, but we all know you like Marvel movies, and the only collection you have is of superhero action figures. Well, uh, at least unlike some presenters of this podcast, I don't just read out a BuzzFeed article as if I came up with it myself. Every week I painstakingly research the topic that we're talking about and I'm committed uh, and I'm a committed and discerning cinephile. Sinead, you have no idea how hard it is to be me. And Niall, you have no idea how hard it is to be me. And Ross, you definitely have no idea how hard it is to be me. I I wish you you did. did. Now roll titles. Sit down and grab a glass. Sinead Ross and Niall have made a podcast. It's the real take, breaking it down. Having fun and talking movies. Da 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 da, talking movies. Hey there, film fans. No, don't worry, it's me, Sinead Brazzle. But I'm afraid I'm trapped in the roguishly handsome. And slightly sweaty, if I'm being honest, body of Ross Leahy. Look, don't ask why or how. It could have been a cosmic, magical force. Or maybe we were cursed. Perhaps me, Niall and Ross ate something weird at the same time while we were bickering about how we don't understand each other's lives. We're not sure. Anyway, now that we swap places... Actually, just let me check something real quick. (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) wow. Okay, but now that we've swapped, uh, we've swapped bodies. 
But we are still dedicated to the real take, so even though we're all mixed up, we're going to go through with our weekly episode no matter what. Be prepared for bickering, identity mix-ups, and sometimes hilarious body swap shenanigans. Just like any other episode, really. Sorry, sorry, sorry now. I have some notes. I feel like Sinead would have been a more passionate in her delivery, you know, of that intro. So just maybe try it again there. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm just getting a weird sound there. Can, can you hear that? Ross and Sinead's body, do you have a neighbour four doors down with a washing machine who's, who's running? No? Uh, because uh, that's going to be really distracting. Uh, oh, hang on. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Sinead and Ross's body. Uh, or sorry, Sinead and Noel's body. You've, uh, it doesn't matter. I made a mistake there. We can cut that out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit this. So I'll take all of the mistakes that I made out and I'll put extra mistakes that you're going to make in. Guys, I'm an Imro Award winning radio presenter. <laughs> Imro Radio Award winner. Please stop making this so unprofessional. Look, I've said it from the start. This is a farce. A farce of a podcast. That's it. I'm out. I think we've learned all the lessons that there are to learn about empathy and understanding in each other's bodies. I think maybe cosmically it's time for us to switch back. Oh, let's swap I didn't. I didn't get a chance to unzip like you did. (laughs) You don't want to see what's down there. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's very good. Oh, Jesus. Right. I, I've broken character completely. Back to myself. <laughs> and we are all back to ourselves. We are. Ooh, the moons have realigned. <laughs> and we are all back to. And this was your idea, Sinead, for, for a, a podcast. So why, why was this. Uh, this topic something that you thought that we could get well i just uh, always wanted to be you i think really is what it was i think you should probably say before we go on we're talking about body swap movies if you've not got it yes <laughs> if you've not. but our listeners are all very intelligent intelligent various cinephiles yes, yes. Yeah, they'll know mm. they are. we are talking about body swap films yes and you know they have a bit of a wacky history you know this idea of maybe young men and women becoming trapped in adult bodies like say big or 17 again or 13 going on 30 parents swapping bodies with their kids then you have the animal body swap as well so you know there's a lot of kind of wackiness going on i think in these movies and i find them a lot of fun as a genre i have to say now this could be a good point to because we were talking about this what qualifies as a body swap Mm. film (laughs) i literally Um, had this down as notes as you okay (laughs) (laughs) because i have very yeah i have very strict criteria oh jesus i don't know ross what are yours before i get into mine what are your criteria yeah like we were talking about this episode and i said great another chance to talk about face off <laughs> see that's not really a body swap movie it's more of a face swap movie exactly think, yeah yeah and when you look at something like 13 going on 30 it's not her swapping a body it's her going forward in time yeah so do those qualify i'm not so sure maybe you have something like being john malkovich 
where people are transported into his mind. But does that count? I'm not so sure. Yeah, no, see, no. That's a, that's I mean, a tricky I'm, one too, that, that being I, Malkovich. Yeah. yeah, I'm very strict. It's got to be, body swap has to be, you're in your body, someone else is in their body, yeah. and you swap yeah. bodies. As opposed to, say, face-off, which is your body is altered to be that person and your face is swapped. It's not a body swap, it's a face God, I love swap. That movie. <laughs> being John Malkovich is more of a you're controlling John Malkovich. It would be interesting if they made a sequel now, if you were if you went into the you know, the portal that made you control John Malkovich and then John Malkovich controlled your mind. <laughs> but then he would just be controlling inception. his own body. <laughs> it's inception. You know, there's layers upon layers upon layers. No, I, I think it's like two people, different yeah. bodies and they're swapped. Yes, I think yeah. so. Yeah, uh, like I, I, I found this actually <laughs> just <laughs> probably on a BuzzFeed article, actually, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, uh, the distinction between body swap films and body switch films. So they say, you know, body swap film is a film in which two people trade bodies, like you said, to surprising and sometimes hilarious effect. And a body switch film is where the human soul is transported into a new vessel without kind of right. Vacation kind yeah. of thing. Okay. I yeah. So I think I think yeah, Nine Lives would be. I'm not sure if half of Nine Lives I've not seen it, starring Kevin Spacey, which you know, that's probably why I've not seen it. Um, <laughs> uh, if half of, is it well, well apart from Kevin, but is half of that movie about Kevin Spacey's character? Or the cat's character being in Kevin Spacey's no. body. Okay. No, it's just it's so the, that yeah. that would make it a, a proper body swap movie if it was just Kevin Spacey licking his own genitals <laughs> <laughs> on a, on a sofa as people around him go, "What's going on? And why is the cat being so clever all of a sudden?" Maybe that'd I be a see... documentary more so. Yeah, than maybe. Yeah. Like, I can see why a lot of these body swap movies are like from what I can see from the ones I've seen anyway they're all from mostly comedies I don't yeah. think I've ever seen one that is uh, like um, you know that doesn't have comedic elements about it and I wonder like it's obviously a great portal for comedy movies but yeah. is there such a thing as a serious body swap movie because well, if that actually I... happened in real life it would be horrifying yeah. I think I have pretty much not to spoil what we'll be talking about but mm. I think I get closest there yeah, possibly. Because, uh, yeah. One of one of my uh, one of the movies I'll be talking about is as close I think to get uh, to a, a serious examination of you know what would happen uh, as you could get. Yeah, I think so. And I think we're kind of going nicely enough chronologically in a, in a sense that I'm kind of very much rooted in the past. I do have a little honourable remake mention. I know, shocker for me to have a, a remake mention. Um, well, you have you have the the Ur text. Yes. I, this is the original one, even though it comes kind of, there's been body swap stuff in fiction for years, but I think everybody, when they think body swap movies, thinks about... Freaky Friday. Yes. And that's, yes. that's your pick. It is indeed. And do you know what? I have a real spot, soft spot for the 1976 original of this movie, starring Jodie Foster and Barbara Harris. And yes, look, at, it has problems, specifically gender politics problems. But, uh, you know, we, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm going to say it's it's of its time. But uh, this movie was based on a book. And then Mary Rogers developed this into a screenplay uh, adapted by from her book from 1972. And um, it's based 
basically this kind of classic body swap parent movie okay uh, now there was a few of these kind of body swap um movies around kind of around the late 80s that was a bit of a boom time for them as well there was one like father like son that kind of tried to be the male version of of freaky friday uh that starred dudley moore and kirk cameron um but it was just kind of it i just don't think it worked really as well but um you with Freaky Friday in the 1976 version, we meet Annabelle, played by Jodie Foster. She's a rude, dishevelled tomboy who hates her mother. And then we have Mom Ellen, played by Barbara Harris, who feels like Annabelle's attitude to schoolwork, like her messy room, just stinks. So she's just this kind of, you know, tearaway sort of daughter. And uh, she, like all mums, feels Annabelle wouldn't last a minute in her life. Likewise, Annabelle thinks her mum would fail miserably if she spent a day in her shoes. Cue ridiculous diddly diddly do music. And just like that, they've swapped places and the shenanigans ensue. And it is, of course, because it happens to be Friday the 13th. And uh, mum, Ellen, in the body of Annabelle, needs to try her hand at a typing class. You know, she needs to win the hockey match for the team. It's a big game coming up. And meanwhile, Annabelle in the body of Ellen, her mum, needs to manage laundry, you know, tend to the many salesmen that seem to call to the house and cook a turkey dinner for her husband's boss. Uh, Now, I don't have to tell you that, of course, the washing machine overflows with suds, the turkey is burned and the salesmen leave the house extremely confused. The movie culminates with this big sort of buffet dinner for, for Dad Bill uh and his boss by the lake where annabelle uh who's also a proficient uh water skier by the way is supposed to be putting on a big show for the bosses but instead she as her mother ellen has burned the turkey she's in the car alongside little brother and has led the police on a merry chase around town meanwhile her mother as annabelle is about to attempt water skiing for the first time and in the midst of this they realize the error of their ways and wish to be swapped back but Instead, they are swapped back in the swapped places. So Ellen is water skiing as herself and Annabelle is behind the wheel of the car. So it's it's great fun. And I think what makes this work so well is that Jodie Foster is a bit of an old soul. And we know this from seeing her in movies like Taxi Driver and Bugsy Malone. She's well capable of playing that more mature adult kind of role within the kid's body even, you know. And then, you know, Barbara Harris, she is so good at playing that sort of lost little girl, you know, so well. So it wouldn't have worked, I don't think, without the performances of these two. Now, whilst it's very much a female-focused film and it's written by a woman, its main stars are women, the message kind of in this really is that Annabelle is being prepared for life in the kitchen, which right. is not great, you know? Roast that turkey dinner. Yeah, make yeah. sure it's, it's cooked well, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I do have to play a little scene for you here, okay? This is the classic kind of scene where they both realise that they're in fact swapped and in each other's bodies. We really had it out, though. Listen, I screamed at her. I'm not a screamer, you know. Listen, you're not letting me have any fun, and I'm sick of it. You're always pushing me around and telling me what to do. How come nobody ever gets to tell you what to do? Will you tell me that? You know what she said? Annabelle, I said, when you're grown up, people don't tell you what to do. You have to tell yourself, which is sometimes more difficult. 
Oh, yeah, I said in this real bitter tone. You know, that always blows her mind. Oh, yeah, you can tell yourself to watch TV all day or go to lunch with your friends, eat what you want for breakfast, or go to big parties or movies with Dad. And do the laundry, I reminded her. And the shopping and the cooking. Make things nice for everybody. Honestly, Bill, that child has not got a clue about my life. Not a single clue. Sounds like a picnic to me. I, I wish, wish I, I could, could switch places with her for just, just one day. So, as you can hear there in this movie, it relies an awful lot of, you know, on voiceover narration. So, uh, for example, when Annabelle is in her mother's body, she has her own voice in her head. Uh, but obviously her mother's voice comes out when she speaks and vice versa. So you kind of get that little voiceover narration the, the whole way through with it. Um, you know, gender politics aside, I just think this is a great movie. It's just so funny. Uh, it's very slapstick, you know. Um, there's a lot of kind of... <laughs> adult jokes in there which is kind of a little bit uh, strange for Disney there's a little bit of Freudian stuff going on here in this um, yeah. and uh, <laughs> you know a little bit of uh, mentions of women's lib and things like that that Disney definitely wouldn't have been really doing at, at the time you know um, but to kind of move forward is a small bit just to, to Freaky Friday the 2003 version oh before you do can yeah. I ask is this something that you watched as, as a child or I would have seen see first Freaky Friday. When did I see the first? I know I would have been a teenager, I think. Right. Yeah. And um, then revisited it with my kids as I want to do. I forced them to watch it. Okay. Um, yes. So, but, you know, I'd watch it today. And yes, you know, I can see the problems in it, but I still just really enjoy it, you know. Um, but it would be interesting to, to show somebody Freaky Friday, the 2003 version. So say Darren or someone of her age, the 2003 version, show mm. her that and then the original and kind of see what, what, what they'd have to say about right, it. Right, right. You know, that would and be... What, what did you think of 20, 2003's version? Well, I actually hadn't seen this until very recently right. in preparation for right. this because you know me and remakes. And I was very right. sceptical of it, like I am with most remakes. But I thought it was an excellent film. Again, right. a lot of fun. But I think what makes this... Uh, so again, for people who haven't seen it, essentially it's kind of a modernised version of the original Freaky Friday. And we have Lindsay Lohan as the teenage daughter. And we have Jamie Curtis as the, the mom who is about to... She's getting married for the second time. I think the, the father dies and she's... she's get, uh, Lindsay Lohan's character's father dies and they're getting prepared for this, this big wedding. And there's the usual kind of back and forth, you know, teenager wants to play in a rock band and ride on motorcycles with the cool guy mom doesn't approve they don't understand each other all this sort of stuff um but what happens in this one is they eat a fortune cookie and uh they end up switching places or whatever now the difference with this one is you have more of a dynamic between the two because they actually interact with each other whereas in the original they don't really interact with each other at all. They're just out uh, doing their own thing. Yes. Uh, and again, I think this works so well because Lindsay Lohan, can we just say, lock this movie up because this is when Lindsay Lohan is like on tip top form here, you know, and mm. um, she is able to play that stuffy mom trapped in the teen body. Likewise, J uh, Jamie Lee Curtis 
can play the fun-loving teen in the mom's body. It works really well, I think, you know. Mm. Um, well, I think Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan is never better than in the parent trap. Yes. Like, that is, like, well, and <laughs> it's unfun. No, yeah, she's she, never. Yeah, she did dual characters, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one of her characters is a little bit stuffy. And yes. she's kind of playing the same kind of stuffiness. Now, I have seen this one. And I think that Lindsay is not, I think she's she's capable of doing a great performance, but I think she's just doing her stuffy kind of twin from the parent trap in this. She's not performing as, uh, as uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, which is something maybe we'll talk about when we kind of wrap up. Do people, do they play the other actor? or the actor's interpretation of the character when they're doing this kind of body swap or do they just kind of go well this is what a general kind of mom is like yeah possibly mm. uh, because you know you've got obviously as you're saying the actor's real life influence over what you know they think a mom should be and it, you know she mm. is kind of uh, she's a teenager as such I suppose in 2003 yeah. isn't she um, she, she was cast very late in this I think there was somebody else cast and okay. then they dropped out and then she kind of came in at the last minute so that's what maybe makes me think it's just like, yeah, I have a, a mom type character in my... Well, my I suppose house. the argument then could be made that maybe Jamie Lee Curtis is a little bit over the top then as well. Um, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> How dare you? How because, dare you say that about Jamie Lee Curtis? Because you see, she, again, you know, is an adult trying to remember what a teenager would be like. So maybe she is a little bit you know, OTT with the kind of, oh, you know, all this sort of stuff yeah, um, in yeah. it. Uh, but look, I think the two, you know, I think they do a great job. I think they've got great chemistry. I think it's a great fun look. Uh, it's a great remake of this. Um, I would happily promote two of them. I really would. I think the really smart thing they did with the remake was in the original 76 movie, and uh, Jodie Foster is like, you know, a child. Mm. Whereas, you know, I think there's a much better uh, dynamics in making uh, making that character a teenager. Because obviously at that age, there's a, a bit more tension, a bit more conflict. They're on the verge of adulthood. So there's a lot of, I think there's, I think having that, the younger character as a, as a, a teenager, as opposed to a tween, say, uh, yeah, but makes I, for a better I'm not movie. sure. I mean, you've seen it, Sinead. What age is Jodie Foster's character? In, in she's 13 in it. So she's okay, just, so yeah. she is younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's a bit younger than Lindsay Lohan's character is about 15 or 16, is she? Something yeah, like that. Say yeah, I'd say so, yeah. I yeah. know you. It's I it's hard to know. Oh, teenagers today! Look at them with their rock no, bands and their yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a big difference. I think there's going to be more conflict, perhaps, between a uh, you know a teenager who's like. 15 or 16 and I think um, you know Lindsay Lowe and Charles and oh you're trying to ruin my life kind of thing mm. there's much more mm. kind of that conflict going on there which yeah I, I mean it... the the interesting thing the interesting argument I guess between the the two uh, versions of this movie is what was it like to be a teenager in 1970 yeah. whatever and what's mm. it like to be a teenager in 2000 and whatever do you know what I mean yeah. it's, it's uh, it is that kind of thing of um, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I well, you I kinda... see, there's similar elements because you know you've got this sort of uh, like 
in in say the Annabelle's case and and Ellen. So Ellen wants her daughter to be tidy, neat. You know, she wants her to this care is about the original in the original. Yeah. 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 Uh, similar uh, dynamic in two thousand three. You know, she's concerned that she's getting an F in English. Why is that happening in in the in the in the two thousand three one? So you got similar okay. there. They bring in the boy situation. Okay, so in the original, Ellen. That's the name of my and my and Ross's uh, boy band. The boy situation. <laughs> the boy situation. Uh, <laughs> I would go and see that band. Oh um, my God. So say you know you bring in the the boys, um, like for for Annabelle's mom's character, she would kind of welcome her, you know, being that kind of a bit more do yourself up for the boys kind of thing. You know, get, you're never going to find a boy looking the way you are. Whereas in the 2003 one, uh, she is very much concerned about her her daughter riding off on a on a motorcycle right. with a boy. So okay. it's sort of different. It's different. You see, well, here's, this is where sorry. the gender politics comes in. You right, see, right. In, the, in the first one, you know, dress up for the boys, cook for them. And, <laughs> you know, this is the lessons like, you know, that she's. Well, now, did, but then this would, is the question. Sorry, Ross, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I would say as well, I remember it made for because I had seen the the, the remake originally mm. and I, I went back and watched the 76 one later and it made me really uncomfortable watching um watching the mother character played by Bar- Barbara Harris, Annabelle, I think was her name in the movie, watching her kind of, because obviously it's Jodie Foster's mind and her body, yeah. her kind of uh, palling up with the boy across the road, which she has a crush <laughs> on. That. It I was so, that. it was so creepy. I was just, I was just saying, like if someone saw her, they think she'd be automatically on this offenders list and yeah. she wouldn't, you know, like it was so, it made me feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> Whereas in the remake, it was the, there was a kind of a similar element, but because they were maybe a little bit older or something, he was legally able to ride a motorbike. It was, he, was, it was still... he was played by somebody who was 20 something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It felt yeah. less uncomfortable. But it, and he, even at that stage, it was more of the, the boy may perhaps yearning and the body switched over. But I, I remember seeing that element. I was like, Oh, this feels wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was going to ask there is because the, this, the crux of body swap movies are the uh, characters have to learn a lesson about yes. the person that they've swapped with. And I wonder, is the lesson from the original Freaky Friday, you need to be a good wife and yeah. do and cook and do whatever. And I think the lesson from the remake, and I don't think it's a great film, but um, the lesson is for adults, really, just empathize a bit more with your kids, mm. you know. Whereas I don't, I, I don't know what you... I disagree a little bit. I think when the Freaky Friday one, there was a bit more learning on both sides. Which um, one? The, the original, the original the, one from 76. Yeah. I, I think the mother learned in some ways not to be taken for granted as much as well. I think that was a... You know, I think there was a, a message of that right. in there yeah. as well. So, I think. okay. So it's not so much that she had learned that she should empathise with her daughter. It's that she had learned that society shouldn't necessarily make her be a housewife or so subservient yeah, I think. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think so yeah no they do have this understanding at the end uh, but it's ultimately you know at the end of the day the mom is going back to the kitchen like you know that sort of way mm. um, but you're, yeah it's it's interesting and particularly you say when she when Annabelle goes as her mom to a parent teacher meeting type situation that's when it's kind of quite revealing because 
uh, she learns that, oh, the teachers actually think that I'm really good. And if I just cut myself on, actually, and apply myself. And then she realizes that the, the teachers are kind of criticizing her mom's parenting. So that's when she kind of goes, hang on a minute. My mom's not that bad, actually. Like, she's <laughs> right. a great mom. You know, she is there yeah. for me and she is. So there's a lot of that that goes on with um, with uh, Freaky Friday, the, the original. But, you know, you do have that amazing wacky scene on water skis and the car chase i mean seriously absolutely brilliant <laughs> oh ridiculous yeah it's it's uh it's good to remember that jodie foster who as you say was fantastic and still is a fantastic yeah. actor um that she started off apart from doing stuff like taxi driver and uh, stuff like that that she was a disney kid yeah basically and apart from freaky friday she she was in uh, a load of Disney movies where and Bugsy Malone she was in a load of Disney movies where she was just and elevated them I think mm. uh, to beyond maybe what was on the the page from then but yeah because there was a great one as well I'm trying to think of the name of it where she's kind of this streetwise sort of thief con artist kind of character yeah. oh I say I it's think... candlestick or some candle oh, something, something like that yeah if yeah, only no... somebody had the internet Candle Chew, yeah, that's brilliant. That's a great one. I think when we're watching something like Freaky Friday, and that's kind of the quintessential body swap movie, I think. It's the one we automatically think of when we're, when we're talking about this particular you know, sub-genre. Um, but I, 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 I was thinking as well, I imagine if it happened in real life and it wasn't terrifying, you could have quite a lot of fun. But if there's the last person, the last person I would want a body swap with is one of my parents. No. <laughs> what? You'd Your have dad's to, you'd, a fireman. He's awesome. I know, but I'd have to go from... I'd have to turn the light off when I pee. Uh, you know... Uh, <laughs> but, it'd be I mean, a that's weird, awkward situation with my mom. And I, 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 awful. As is, as is my want, I did a lot of uh, very, very in-depth research about the body swap genre. Yeah. And mm. I came up with the fact that, I'm sure you all did as well, because you all do, um, the fact that one of the first examples of body swap fiction is a novel from 1882 called Vice Versa, oh. which the name was then borrowed for the uh, 80s movie with, I think, Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage. Mm. But this was an 1882 novel uh, from the author Thomas Anstey Guthrie and it is about a father and son who switch bodies the son is about to go off to boarding school he doesn't want to the father is going well you don't know what it's like to be a but businessman in Victorian London and somebody has a, but you an idol <laughs> <laughs> yeah. somebody has an idol or a jewel or whatever and they go well I wish you didn't so they end up switching bodies But uh, and I've actually read that book I remember reading it years ago because I thought maybe it was the, you know, the the uh, novel that was then adapted into the Judge Reinhold movie, but it wasn't. There's was nothing in, <laughs> in common with that. But I think it is it is the novel that certainly Freaky Friday was, you know, inspired by. Mm. And Mary Rogers, is that her yes, name? Who that's wrote, right. Yeah, she went on then to write a father and son body swap movie, or not After movie, but. Friday. A, book yeah a book called summer switch which is about a father and son swapping during their summer vacation oh 
There we go. Interesting. Wow. Am I the only one who does research? Well, to be fair, I googled body swap and I got flip all. <laughs> <laughs> I lived as my dad for a week and. <laughs> But it is, I mean, we're, I mean, th- those are the uh, interesting, well, not interesting, but those are the ones that I think people can, because it is, you know, the idea, like we say, is about um, people getting empathy. So mm. it's about, well, I never knew this is what my mother had to go through. I never knew this is what my child had to go through. I never knew this is what my father has to go through, whatever. So although Ross doesn't want, he wants to turn the light <laughs> Off. <laughs> but maybe he could learn something. Yes, he could learn maybe. something if he was swapped with uh, what's his name? Ichabod uh, Leahy. Is that his name? Ichabod. But that's why I think there's some other ones like. Uh, sorry, and I won't, I won't keep it too long. Sorry. That's why I think it, it like if you look at ones like it's a boy girl thing uh, yeah. or like the hot chick, you see yeah. um, people body swapping into a different you know into a different sex which is kind of interesting in itself because yeah. i think we've all over a couple of points asked someone what would you do if you're a girl for today or what would you do if you're well, a guy I know for what today you too, you to do. <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny you should you should talk about the gender switch i guess yeah. because that's my pick and i i didn't see this so um i thought this was a good idea we're talking about body swaps it came out mm. last year um it came out just i think before the uh the pandemic so didn't really get a big opening in cinemas but then when cinemas reopened i think a lot of people went along to see it and this is freaky which obviously takes its name from freaky friday and this is the 2020 movie directed by christopher landon uh it's a slasher comedy from uh the director christopher landon and it the producer bloomhouse who people would know they've made the name for themselves over the last several years by taking high concept movies like body swapping and mixing them with horror staples so they also are well known for giving their directors carte blanche uh, as long as they deliver under budget um, they will kind of let them do whatever they want and that's a formula that's really been very successful for them and very profitable mm. because they have uh, spurned or they have spawned uh, franchises like the Purge movies now it's on its fifth film and a TV show I think the fifth is probably going to be the last but it also the insidious movies which is on the number four movie in the franchise and I think it'll probably go on a little bit more because they have a relatively small budget and they come back with big, big box office. Um, and they also have had critical acclaim from movies like uh, Invisible Man from 2020. And um, they give directors like uh, Jordan Peele carte blanche for movies like Get Out and Us. So it's not surprising that as they're kind of going, because this is their thing, they kind of mix things up. They go, what's a, what's a big high concept? What's a good... Uh, horror f- kind of trope that we can mix in there so it's no surprising that they would end up in the world of body swaps with freaky from 2020 they had successfully meshed the teen slasher slasher genre with groundhog day in happy death day from 2017 which i think you've seen ross have you oh yeah, yeah i've seen really it, as well. it as well yeah, yeah yeah i thought it was good and and the uh, kind of back to the future with a, a slasher kind of sequel um uh, happy death day to you which i i don't know i mean i liked it i'm not sure if the I, both of you i haven't seen the I, second one now 
I think it stood up a lot better than it. Yeah. Than I thought it would. You know. Yeah, I think I think the reviews were very unkind, but it's still good. And mm. the director of those two films, Christopher Landon, who is actually the son of Little House on the Prairie TV legend Michael Landon, uh, is back to direct this movie, Freaky which opens in fine teen slasher form with a quartet of high schoolers misbehaving in their parents' back garden uh, while they're out. Now, it's, I say back garden, it's more of a mansion. They've broken into the liquor cabinet, into the wine cellar. They're telling tales of the Blissfield Butcher, who in this film is played by Vince Vaughn. Uh, he's a serial killer in the Michael Myers mould who appears every homecoming to slaughter promiscuous teens. So I don't need to tell you where this is going. These teens are promiscuous and they're going to be slaughtered. <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? <laughs> Who appears to cramp their style, but the butcher of Blissfield himself breaks into the mansion, murders them all in, I have to say, fantastically gory fashion. And then he, uh, he leaves and steals an ancient Aztec dagger known as <laughs> La Dola. <laughs> So we flip then next day. Next day, this all happens, I have to say, on Wednesday the 11th. Right. <laughs> After working out. So it goes Wednesday 11th. Next day, Thursday the 12th. Okay, you can see where this is going. Yes. So the next day, we, we are following now the life of bullied 17-year-old Millie Kessler, played by Catherine Newton. And we follow her throughout the day. We find out that she has... Her dad passed away. Her mother's not dealing with it well. Her sister, who is a, a police officer, is also kind of unhappy with, you know, their lot, if you like. Um, and she is, uh, she goes to high school. She's kind of, she's a bit low on the pecking order. Um, she has two close friends, uh, but also part of her, she, she's bullied by I think not only a, a very popular cheer, cheerleader, but also by a teacher who's a, a nasty piece of work. And as part of her extracurricular activities, she uh, is the mascot for the football team. So as the uh, big game has finished and she's waiting for her mother to come and uh, collect her after the game, she's waiting in the empty parking lot who arrives except the butcher of Blissfield and he attacks and stabs her in the shoulder with this enchanted dagger, La Dola. And it causes not only a wound in her shoulder, but an identical wound to appear instantaneously on his shoulder. Suddenly, Millie's older sister arrives, the police officer. Uh, she scares off the butcher and the police collect the enchanted dagger, put it into evidence and they are now... Uh, involved in a manhunt to find the butcher using Millie's description to create this artist sketch who of course looks like Vince Vaughn. But unbeknownst to both Millie and the butcher, the mystical dagger has caused them to magically switch bodies. Oh. And the next morning Millie wakes up on a dirty mattress in an abandoned warehouse in the butcher's body and the butcher wakes up in Millie's high school bedroom. So oh. the butcher then goes off to, and he adapts quite quickly, I have to say, to the situation. He turns up at high school. He has given her a bit of a makeover. He's kind of gone through her wardrobe and said, I want to, I want to look like 
no one no, I want to look killer no pun intended so he's picked out a red leather jacket that he's going to stalk the high school in uh, and he has shown a, a predatory side to uh, the Mousy Millie that our classmates has never known existed before this and he sets out getting bloody revenge on like I say the, the creepy callous teacher played by Cameron from Ferris Bueller uh, Alan Rook is in there uh, or all of the boys who tried to take advantage of Millie and Millie herself in the body of the butcher's limbering six foot five frame now has to face the fact that the police are on her on the lookout for her because they know what Vince Vaughn looks like and she has to dodge uh, the police and learn that she with the help of her friends she learns that she is 24 hours then to get her identity back by stabbing the butcher again with Ladola the enchanted dagger and um, Otherwise, she's stuck in his in his body forever. Um, so I, I've kind of given away the premise of this. I think Ross, you would love this. I think you would <laughs> love this film. Say, it sounds, sounds like a movie I'd love. I actually, I'm yeah. going to check it out as well because I really enjoyed. Yeah. Like it seems like it's in a similar vein to Happy Death Day to you, a movie I really enjoyed. It is, you know, really and well, it's so. the same director, and it's that same kind mm. of. I won't say tongue in cheek, but because you know the, there's totally seriousness serious in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like all body swap films, you've got Millie, who's the character that we follow throughout the film, but it's mostly Vince Vaughn playing Millie. Um, and she gains this kind of strength, emotional strength and physical strength because she's in Vince Vaughn's body. <laughs> um, and it, like all of these body swap films, it makes a very effective argument, I think, from the importance of maybe learning or combining the aspects of you know your physicality and your emotionality or your soul if you like um now uh vince or um the butcher himself i don't think he learns any lessons in this i think he's just a <laughs> kill, serial kill, kill. he's just yeah. a kill 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 yeah and i think it we is... don't really soften like because it's hard to make no. him a sympathy yeah it's more about her journey i would imagine <laughs> yeah, yeah but i yeah. do have to say Catherine newton who plays millie and plays millie as the high schooler and plays millie as the butcher um she has the less showier of roles here because um, we don't know anything about the butcher, really. He's just a Michael Myers kind of character until they switch bodies. Um, but she is really good as the teenage Millie in, or sorry, the butcher in the body of Millie is a teenager, <laughs> but also a psycho killer. Because she has this, like I say, she has a makeover and she walks through the halls of that high school. She takes revenge on all the people that she wants to. She has this determined stalk, this icy death stare. Um, so that's really good. But one of the reasons to watch this movie, I never thought I would say this, is Vince Vaughn. Wow. He steals this film. He is fantastic. This is, I think, one of... And I'm actually a bit of a, a fan of his... Like some of his less well-known movies, you know what I mean? But he is really good in this film and surprisingly impactful as well because he goes from... He doesn't just do that surface stuff, okay? When you have a body swap movie with uh, a male actor playing a female character, they often just go, well, I'm just going to swish about like, mm. you know, like oh, this is the way women always kind of, they hold their hands up like this. They have a high-pitched voice, blah, blah, blah. But Vince Vaughn really does a much more uh, in, uh, studied uh, version of that. And he focuses on the aspects of the character that 
make you kind of go, yes, I can really believe that that's a, a teenage girl. It's yeah. not just a funny walk or a funny one run. And um, he goes, like, you can tell that he kind of went, well, not all teenage girls are the same. So I'm not just going to be flouncing about going, look at me, I'm a teenage girl. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, like I say, I really enjoyed this film. Uh, and I would absolutely... Uh, recommend it to both of you i think ross you'll maybe enjoy it a little bit more than sinead will well i do I know... like finn's fun okay yeah, yeah but i just think ross loves a a, a teenage he does yeah movie. Movie. But it, <laughs> yeah yeah um it uh it it came it was just about to come out when covid hit and then it was stopped and then was one of the first movies that came out when people were or when the restrictions were being eased this is a movie that if i'd seen it in a big cinema with a big crowd i would have just been going this is a five-star movie this is fantastic really? now, watching right. it at home you're never going to kind of get the same mm. but i still think it and it really shows i i do think that Bloomhouse just go yeah go on do what you like and it's really paying off for them they are one of the most exciting uh, production companies working I think now oh I definitely agree with you I'm very eager to see Vince Vaughn play a teenage <laughs> girl I really am oh yeah because in another way like in a lot of ways like like actually we could definitely do an episode of is Vince Vaughn a good or a bad actor because there's yeah, some doozies yeah, in there absolutely. there actually yeah, is yeah. you know um, and he relies on that kind of rapid speed fire talk that he does all the time and he doesn't even take a breath and this is the way he talks you know so it's good <laughs> to kind of have a bit of a breather from that and kind of see him go massively away away from the usual you know so that's yeah. good I'm intrigued. That I'm intrigued sounds like a really interesting twist on a body swap movie as well different kind of genre yeah. you know um and two polar opposites it's not two people who have a misunderstanding it's, it's a serial yeah and killer I mean, in a... yeah that, that that's the like the thing it's not just because you're going to talk about a comedy we could say freaky mm. friday is a comedy oh, this yeah. is a comedy horror i guess um yeah. but uh there are there are ways i guess to use this trope because it is a trope and it's been around like i say since late victorian times um to tell new stories as well i know mm. like bloomhouse are literally just going okay i've i've spun, spun the bingo uh, wheel what's coming out it's groundhog day oh and it's a slasher movie so we're making happy that day you know what i mean yeah. but they're doing them really well i think mm. yeah yeah, no, it is. Like, that's that's the dream, isn't it? When you get a well-worn trope like that and you can completely reimagine it. Breathe new life into it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But I think for yours, Ross, we're going slightly backwards a little bit, aren't we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> we went one step forward and 22 steps back. Um, so I went for, you know, obviously another body swap movie, another body swap comedy. This is probably in the more adult um, side of things when it comes to comedies. I know Freaky Friday is definitely marketed more towards... You know, children's or you know, children, teenagers, and young young people, and that. But the change up from 2011, starring Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman, is firmly, firmly, squarely um, pushed towards um, teenagers and adults. I'd say maybe, maybe leaning towards the teenagers on this one. Um, so Bateman, anyway, Jason Bateman. Obviously, he, we all know him as the straight man in, in every comedy uh, these days. But he's playing Dave Lockwood, <laughs> and he's playing a very typical Jason Bateman character. You know, he's married. He has three children. He's a lawyer who's kind of vying to make partner um you know very much the definition of of stability and responsibility 
all his time is taken up with work, his domestic duties and his role as a father. Um, and then his friend, who is played by Ryan Reynolds, he's very much on the other end of, of, of the spectrum. He's playing Mitch Planko. And he's this flaky, underachieving, semi-unemployed actor. And his nights are just full of drunken mishaps and days of just hanging out and getting high and lots of sexy antics with wild, mysterious women. So they're very much living on different spectrums, but they have been friends since youth, so they occasionally meet up for a beer. Um, so Bateman, uh, when he, <clears throat> so Bateman, he had met his wife, he played by Leslie Mann, at a very young age. He'd settled down quickly. He he'd applied his younger years to going to Yale Law School and overachieving in pretty much every way imaginable. And now he's in a situation where he's a young family to look after. As I said, he's he's trying to make partner as well in in, in his job, and. While it might seem to everyone that Bateman really has this perfect life, he gets no time to himself. His his marriage, which looks perfect, has, and by all means, I would say is probably be- better than most marriages, but it's somehow somewhat lost its spark. Like they have to schedule in, uh, you know, an hour talk time every week just to, to so life. they can probably to yeah. life, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. plus they do have twin babies do you know what I mean they do have twin yeah. babies yeah and they, they are I'd, I'd imagine anyone who has twin babies uh, with you know nighttime feedings and changing <laughs> it's going to be yeah it's going to take its toll um so I think he's doing really well for himself and I think he's handling it really well but he's stressed out as well and you know he feels like maybe his life is a little bit dull especially when he looks across um, to his friend Reynolds and um, you know Bateman never really felt like he got to let loose in college in his early 20s he feels like he settled down and kind of missed out on those wild years whereas Ryan Reynolds on the other hand he just never stopped the party uh, he has no commitments he, he's free to do whatever he wants all the time with seemingly no consequences at all and um, where he is kind of falling back on is he's feeling that with his kind of hard, hard partying lifestyle his life is kind of missing the substance which he can see in Jason Bateman's life. So the two men kind of envy each other's lives in a way. And um, they end up meeting up for a beer, they get chatting, and they get pretty drunk and they start saying to each other, look, I I wish I had your life, I wish I had your life. Unfortunately, they simultaneously... Simultaneously. Simultaneously. Sorry, you've got it there. Unfortunately, they simultaneously make this wish, uh, this wish while they're both pissing into a fountain Classic. with a mysterious woman statue grants their wish. Um, and actually, that actually brings me on to a point. We were talking a lot about the movies tonight. I know in the original Freaky Friday, the the reason why they switched is they both said it at the same time. In the on remake, Friday it was, the 13th. On Friday the 13th. Mm. In the remake, it was a, a fortune cookie. In, in in Freaky, the one you were talking about, Niall, it was a, an ancient... Was it Aztec dagger, yeah. Aztec yeah. dagger, yeah. In this one, it's a, you know, unexplained um, fountain. Um, Urinary. What do you think about the- <laughs> <laughs> they cross streams, that's what They it cross is. streams. Do I do don't know if the- it's important. I don't think no, it is. It's You, you just need to get to the switch. Uh, yeah. Like you just say, oh, this was a, a fountain that's based on the goddess blah 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 yeah that's whatever and yeah i don't i don't think it really matches no no it doesn't they never really explain this i actually think i would prefer i preferred nearly the first freaky friday one 
where we're just like, oh, they just swapped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Done, job done, because it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, that being said, anyway, um, they go home, and when they wake up the next morning, hey presto, they've switched bodies. So uh, Jason Bateman is now in Ryan Reynolds' body. Ryan Reynolds is now in Jason Bateman's body. So and, what you're um, telling me is two very <laughs> handsome men. One is more handsomer. Bodies. Now. One's more handsomer. <laughs> Well, they're you know both, what? They're still very handsome. <laughs> There's, they're still very handsome. Yes. So, if you um, told me Paul Giamatti has swapped with Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> I would go, yeah, okay. But Jason Bateman, he's doing all right. He's nice doing okay. All right. He's, doing yeah, all right. he's not doing bad. And like the reason why he was saying he wants to switch was because Ryan Reynolds was telling him about all his. Uh, sexcapades and right. Jason Bateman was like oh I wish that was my life and I was like you're married to Leslie Mann I, th- yeah, I think you're he's okay punching, man. he's punching <laughs> yeah I think you're, I think you'd be fine um, so like in, in this like I think it's a bad time for Bateman in particular because he's so much more to lose yeah. you know because Ryan Reynolds has no real commitments or anything really going on whereas Bateman he's vying to be partner of his company uh, uh, you know on a, a, a career are you, party now, are, you, are you looking a little bit too much into this body swap move? <laughs> not at all I'm not looking into it far enough if anything <laughs> we know what Jason Bateman is after and it's not he doesn't care about being a being you know, promoted or whatever about that or doing the midnight feeds. He'll he'll come to learn that. But right yeah. now, what he's after is chicka chicka wow wow. Yeah. Chicka wow. But the thing about that is Jason Bateman's kind of the hero of the movie. Uh, I, and he's meant to be kind of likable. So they kind of have to suggest that he wants to, he has a, like a crush on one of his, you know, colleagues, for example. So they're suggesting he would like the thing, but they also can't let him do it either because you know, yeah. everyone will yeah. hate him. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's like that film Hall Pass where, oh, yeah. you know, they, they're like, but, they, but they're obviously, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but you kind of know what's coming. Like it's, you know, it's it, they can't kind of go ahead with it because it'll make everyone hate the character as well. Yeah. Um, and plus, you know, like, like, the consequences, the consequences are so much lower for Reynolds because, like, all he's going to lose is. Hang like, on, he's got his he's got his nightly hookups. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Bateman's checked it all up. You know. Do you know? Yeah, my regular hookup on a Wednesday is talking to you two guys. So. Ah, I love it. <laughs> you keep coming back every week, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so he's going to lose his regular sex acquaintance or uh, acquaintances. He might lose some work in Lorno, which is light porno, which of course is how he supplements a lot of his. I'm income. sorry, what what's it called? Lorno, apparently, yeah. which is yeah. Lorno. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've not seen the film. Yeah. Oh, right. there, well, I, is there literally I a thing? Lorno, light porno. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if it's an actual thing because okay. Yeah, I've only heard of it in this movie, and also right. if you're looking at Lorno, you may as well just. Look at porno. Look at porno. I don't know. I find sometimes it's very, very hard gore. I like something a little lighter. Something with some comedy. This podcast has gone down the toilet. It really has since we swapped bodies. uh (laughs) (laughs) Like what kind of things? No. no, Oh, Jesus. I don't want to know. But, of course, with a movie like this, you know, um, so, oh, right, sorry, so so Bateman, obviously, he he has to teach Ryan to stop being such a fucking idiot, um, and he's liable to say anything, so he has to kind of rein him in, make sure he does a, makes a good impression at work so that Bateman can get the promotion, and also teach him how to be kind of more responsible vis-a-vis looking after the kids and, and all that sort of stuff. 
in the, uh, in the same regard, you know, Jason Bateman actually learns to appreciate, you know, what he has as well and maybe to appreciate his wife, especially uh, a, a lot more. Um, There's a brilliant so, scene, actually, sorry to cut across hmm. there. There's a brilliant scene where Jason or where Ryan Reynolds is trying to do, uh, as Brian Reynolds as Bateman is trying to do like the night feeds and like actually nearly fucking kills the child in the kitchen with <laughs> oh, a knife. Yes. It's like fucking, oh my God. There's a scene where the child's putting a hand into a blender and yeah. I'm, like, oh, I'm at the edge yeah. of my seat watching that. <laughs> it's it's yeah. one of those ones that's so visual though, you need to actually see it. It's brilliant. Yeah. It yeah. really is. I, I, yeah, but like I'll say when when with this movie and I it's something well you you've seen it Sinead have, yeah. have you seen it no no I haven't no no but I'm googling well, Lorno would... as we <laughs> <laughs> that's going to take up all your time watching before yeah. next week yeah. Sinead is it something that what did you think about it well I think well first of all I lo- I love the two actors right so they're going to work well together I think they're both you know excellent comedic actors and it works in terms of you believe that they're best friends and you know as you kind of said there for the setup you know Bateman is the straight laced Ryan Reynolds is the the kind of party guy when they switch and this is when I was kind of going mm, can Bateman do the party guy can Reynolds do kind of more the straight guy it does actually work, I think. You know, I think they swap quite well. Um, really, I think, look, it's one of these ones. It's it's complete switch off your brain, watch it, go with it, kind of popcorn mm, movie. Yeah. You know, it's a bit of fun. It's a bit of crack. Um, like, it, you definitely wouldn't switch it off if, if it was on. But is it up yeah. there in terms of, you know, great body swap movies? Ah, yeah, it's, it's good. See, I, you know. I wonder mm. now, I mean... It, people will forget or they won't be as old as I am but Jason Bateman kind of apart from his Arrested Development Renaissance Mm. he came up in uh, it wasn't Family Ties it was something it was another sitcom back in the 80s where he was that that kind of a ladies man now he was a teenager do you know what I mean but he was kind of the ladies man so he has that in his acting vocabulary Um, Mm. but he has been playing the straight man in uh, Arrested Development and in uh, Ozark which I've not seen but I heard is great yeah. and in um, a lot of movies where yeah. horrible but yeah, yeah. Where, where it's just like you're going to come in and you're you're the party pooper who mm. eventually kind of goes woo but um, they both have that they have that um, that uh, that ability to portray yeah. that but I do stand by my uh, my previous statement I think He's too good looking for that part. Put a Paul Giamatti in there. Put somebody who you kind of go, nah, he's a bit of a schlub, you know, and then let them experience that maybe. And that's what the body swap should be. You know what I mean? Their Venn diagrams are a little bit too close. Yeah, I can see your point there as well. Now that's um, me not having seen the film. No, 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 yeah, no I, I can see the point. It's a fair uh, point. Yeah, I'd like to have seen... Paul Giamatti versus Ryan Reynolds, let's say. That'd be interesting, actually. And I think Paul Giamatti has a ladies' man in him. You know what I mean? Where he has to... <laughs> he, he's, he could be the ladies' man, but he looks like Paul Giamatti. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The totally. thing with this as well, though, I don't think Ryan Reynolds in this movie is... Like, he's very... 
I wouldn't say he's charming. He's more vulgar and kind of. Ah, he's okay. a dick. He's dick. Van Wilder. Oh, okay. he's yeah, a bit he's Van, Van Wilder. Wilder the thing he? is, he like he he gets a, like gets away with it. You know, like mm. people don't mind it because he looks like Ryan Reynolds. Whereas I think they have a problem where if it, if he looked like Jason Bateman or Paul Giamatti, do you mm. know more? Do you know that sort of way? I think yeah. they have more of a more of a problem that way. I, I'll be honest with you, like uh, David uh, Dobkin directed this movie, and he's done. A lot of movies in this similar vein. Adam this Sandler, like, he was a big Adam Sandler director, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, but he's so, done yeah. like Wedding Crashers and, and the Eurovision yeah. Song Contest movie and stuff like that. Um, so like a couple of things I liked about this movie. I, I, like I, I, I like a body swap comedy, but a lot of them are based to, towards teens or, te- or, or children, stuff like this. So I thought it was great to see an adult body swap movie that's aimed towards adults and and. You know, it's 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 an interesting one. Jason Bateman, I really like him, even if he is typecast in these kind of roles where he plays a responsible adult. I thought I just love seeing him on screen. Um, as Shane said, it's it's more of one of those movies that is decent if there's nothing else on. <laughs> but it does, and it also raises a really important question: if you masturbate while you're body swapped, are you jerking off your friend or? Oh my god, yes. Do you know <laughs> that's that's kind of where where it lies. But there's a lot more things about this movie that I didn't like. You were saying that you found it believable that, like, when they swapped bodies, yeah. I, I was, and there was not one, never for one second when I was watching the change up, did I believe that Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds had actually switched bodies. Now, I'm not an idiot. I know they literally didn't swap bodies for the role. <laughs> but the whole time I was watching it, I, I just didn't think they had uh, adopt those little idiosyncrasies which Niall was talking about we've been oh I disagree completely I think that Ryan Reynolds goes completely straight laced and he's you know he's so like you know I think he inhabited Bateman so well and vice versa like Bateman particularly when he's like watching is it like law and order svu trying to swat up so he could become partner he just keeps Mm. going i object and you can't handle the truth and all this kind of stuff i just thought that that was them kind of having fun with it now look you know was it the best switch up movie in terms of acting ability wise no not Mm. but i did believe i did believe that they had swapped and i did think they worked together quite well so am i right saying that if i was directing it I'd be saying to Ryan and Justin, I'd be going, let's just try that one more time. Let's you might say it to Ryan and Jason. Jason even, not Dale, Justin. Sorry, wow. Justin. <laughs> Justin, I'm thinking of his sister, Justine Bateman. <laughs> Justine Bateman. No, he really has a sister called Justine I know, yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. that's handy. Uh, <laughs> another thing as well, though, it's, it's not, first of all, it's not believable. They're meant to be like high school buddies. And that's not like there's eight years between Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds <laughs> I know but you they know, don't I mean it, look, J- it looks like Jason, there's eight years between Jason Ryan Reynolds Bateman. and Jason Bateman no I think Jason Bateman could look like he went to like no. he's had a harder life yeah that's the thing <laughs> yeah. it's taken it's he's, he's had more late nights with the twins yeah. waking up yeah I don't know if you had lived like the hard parting lifestyle which is alluded to Ryan Reynolds had you wouldn't look that fresh faced in they're meant to be I, I presume in their like mid 30s in this you wouldn't look that fresh faced if you've he's, gone he's had work many, done yeah he's, he's sleeping work. all day do you know what I mean he's grand yeah so like I didn't believe that also I just you know like this is probably nitpicky now but I, oh, I don't I believe it. that I sense right, in your tone that it's nitpicky <laughs> they, I just don't think they'd still be friends from high school like they, they're 
kind of in each other's lives to meet up every now and then. But it, like, if Jason Bateman was always swatting so hard and such a dedicated family man, and Ryan Reynolds was, um, you know, such into partying and stuff like this, I just think they would have drifted apart. In I don't the, know. What, I'm still friends 13, with Ellen. 14 do you know years what I mean? Since. She's the partier. <laughs> But he, he's obviously such a real active part. He's in very good terms with his family and his wife and knows more indeed about the wife than Jason Bateman. No, we, like, like go through your friend list, right? There definitely is a slacker in your life that's no, just Ross, hanging Ross, Ross is the slacker. Ross is that's the slacker. Thing, yeah. Oh my yeah. God, that's a totally it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I think, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think you are the slacker. But um, am I right saying you enjoyed it? I enjoyed it but I, I thought it was interesting because when I first saw this movie it was out in 2011 and I first saw it in the cinema and I thought it was alright I thought it was pretty good but I hadn't really given it much thought since and um, I said I'd give it a look at it because as I said it was an adult body swap movie what surprised me was how much in the last 10 years humour has changed um, right. or do you know it, it, it's uh, they, they would not make this movie now like it wouldn't be released yeah. with some of the gags in there um, you know, we've definitely got a lot more sensitive toward, yeah. towards as well. But there's some gigs at the gags that just definitely wouldn't be be made. Um, a lot of the, the women pretty much are literally Madonna and whore. <laughs> Do you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Actually. You know, uh, like yeah. you've got Leslie, Leslie Mann, God bless her, breastfeeding her little heart out, and then you have literal whores. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, you know, it's kind of, you've got this, you do, you have that whole dynamic and, um, you know, there's, yeah, Leslie Mann, let's just say, is, there's a lot of things that happen to her that are quite awful, I think, mm. you know. Right. Yeah. But also the way, like, there, there's a scene just before they both piss into the fountain and change bodies where Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jason Bateman are in a bar and they're having a couple of drinks and they're, you know, chatting about their lives. Jason Bateman is complaining about how, you know, he never has time to himself and stuff like that. Ryan Reynolds is is just about to tell him he's jealous of his life, but he's talking about his, like, sexual escapades. And Bateman's, like, enthousi- enthusiastically lapping it up. And I don't know, I've never heard a man in his goddamn 30s talk about his sexual escapades with his friends like that just to me seemed like absolute nonsense like we hear a lot about really? locker room talk yeah absolutely like the, Jeez, the way they go that's, on that's, like, eye, that's eye opening now that's an eye opening <laughs> like you hear a lot about locker room talk and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that but like it doesn't exist well in my experience it doesn't exist to that level or the, you know uh, like that's just your you experience in... though I don't think yeah. that's that's I, I'm sure it does now. I think I, it does I, I, I I agree with you. I think a lot of my close friends would not be talking about it. But I think there are men out there specifically who will go, oh, let me tell you about blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? I, but I see, I, are yeah. a lot of your, your friends in relationships like? Yeah, well, that's a good point. But Easy. even still, like uh, like we've all went through stages of, me and my friend groups have all been through stages of, you know, being single, single and being related. Yeah. Yes, and like that kind of, like talk is like it's it's the level they're talking about is at such an adolescent level mm. you know it's now is like it their just, brain is just obsessed is it, with sex ju- is it the, just the one character or both characters would i haven't well, seen the, it no he, ryan reynolds ryan, is kind of he's very graphic and descriptive but right, then don't forget okay. he's the child in this scenario yeah yeah yeah. and then jason bateman is trying to live vicariously through him because he's never right. had this part of yeah. lifestyle so kind of is trying to i see what you're saying but it kind of fits into that i think yeah he's kind of lapping it up as well but i just didn't seem realistic that 
do you know by the way i said switch your brain off and watch it Uh, yeah actually you know it is it is a grand movie to to eat away in a uh, you know an evening with your brain off there's some laughs in there um it's 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 unusual to see like when we go back and watch movies like um, american pie and stuff like that or revenge of nerds you know if you go further back (laughs) in days um how uh, how those films date um, but this movie has dated so quickly uh, in regards to its attitudes and I'm not necessarily thinking you know I'm not necessarily a big fan of like let's never watch films from the past or anything mm. like that it's just kind of eye opening do you know that's all yeah. right it's just mm. surprising um, so 10 it's years brand, is ten, like 10 years is a long, a long time, time. Yeah. well I think it is a long time especially the last 10 years yeah. yes yeah, that that so point. much has happened and like you say yeah. you know there is this kind of I don't know. I think, like you mentioned, Ross, like people are a little bit more sensitive, and things mm. that get into movies now definitely, uh, or then definitely wouldn't get into movies now. Yeah, but absolutely. it is time for one of us to go into the firing line. I think it's Niall O'Brien this week, is it, Niall? It is, yes. So, from a very uh, serious discussion about uh, how movies have changed in the last 10 years. To a discussion about a film where uh, a young teenage boy swaps bodies with a young teenage girl and every time he wakes up, he feels her breasts. <laughs> <laughs> one thousand and one films to see before we kill you. Um, I am talking about Your Name from 2016, which is a Japanese animated movie directed by Makoto Shinkai. Now... I may have done it a huge disservice by introducing it like that. Um, So if you think from my introduction that you don't want to watch it, I would say it's on Netflix now. Watch it. Everybody should watch this film. This is a fantastic movie. So like I say, this is your name. It follows uh, a character called Taki, a teenage boy attending high school in Tokyo. And he basically is going to high school. He picks up shifts as a waiter. And Mitsuya a teenage girl who lives in a small town in the mountains in Japan where she dreams of life in the big city. Taki is concerned with the regular problems of being a teenage teenager, balancing school, uh, home life, and he nurses a crush on a co-worker. Mitsuya's life is a little bit more complicated. Uh, it represents, if you like, the push and pull between tradition and maternity, in or modernity, I should say, in Japan. Her family is tasked with maintaining a Shinto shrine which is located on the mountaintop outside the town where she lives and it is believed to represent the guardian god of the village. So as well as the regular teenage problems that she has as a young woman on the verge of adulthood, um, she also has this uh, push and pull between convention and tradition and it means that she's expected to keep one foot in the past while wanting to have her foot in the future. Um, in early on in this movie inexplicably these two characters begin to switch bodies intermittently so it's not something where they switch and they're stuck uh, it's like they wake up as each other and they spend the day as each other um, and they have to live through their activities and their so- social interactions for that day um, at first Taki and Mitsuya can, can't really they don't really know what's going on because what happens is they they go to sleep, they wake up and people go, well, what happened yesterday? You were really weird. You were doing completely out of character stuff. Um, but eventually, uh, after being told how strangely they were acting the day before, they figure out that they have been swapping bodies and they start leaving each other's notes 
on their phones, first of all, and sometimes written on their bodies uh, in, an, in an effort to kind of work out what's going on and coordinate their new uh, complicated lives. And Your Name has, like a lot of these body swapping movies, it has a lot of fun with this premise, you know. Uh, Taki and Mitsuha, they start to help each other be better in their own lives. Um, they have a new perspective, if you like, on what they're doing day to day. Uh, one of them sets up the other one on a date. Um, and their relationship between each other, even though they never actually can interact beyond these messages on their phones and written on their bodies, um, it grows deeper. Um, we don't, like like I was saying earlier, we don't find out why they're swapping bodies or what's going on. It's hinted at, but um, really it's about these two characters. And like all of these great well, it's whatever you would say, great, some of them great, some of them not so great, uh, body-swapping movies. This is about communication and empathy, and it's about how characters can learn from each other. Um, and specifically, this movie is about how they can understand each other um, and communicate, even when, like, in a deeper way than you can actually do that when you're actually even living inside or living another person's life. Um the body swap shenanigans in this movie take up maybe a half of the movie, right? Um, it's quickly established, you know what's going on, and then the plot takes over. It becomes more concerned with using the body swap as a plot device. So this is the second highest grossing uh, j movie in Japanese cinema history. And I heard about it when it came out. I'm a f big enough fan of, like, I'm not adverse to Japanese animation, but I never got around to watching this. And when, Sinead, you uh, recommended this as a uh, a topic for the episode, I was going, well, this is absolutely ideal. This is my excuse to watch this. And this is on Netflix, so nobody has an excuse not to watch this. Mm. Um, this is a beautiful film. And it reflects the, I, the idea of, the excitable idea of, of being a teenager and the idea of... Um, when things are like, I mean, some of these movies are overwrought and, you know, it's, there are bits of this film that are, it's, it's a little bit, especially towards the last third of the film, um, that you kind of go, oh God, this, this could not work in another movie, but because you have, it's so beautifully rendered, the, the fantastic animation in this movie and these characters and the storyline, um, it, it's just beautiful. Every frame is beautiful. Every, even the cell phone conversations that these characters have when they are, you know, waking up in each other, you know, after having spent the previous day in each other's body, they look great. There's a, fanta a fantastic sequence in the middle of the film when they actually get to meet for the first time. And I don't want to spoil it, but it is absolutely beautiful. It is... I can't uh, recommend this movie enough. And I really... Uh, was delighted to get the chance to see it. Um, it is, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's got this great grounded emotion, this wondrous escapism, and it really is a, a movie that everybody should see. And it's on Netflix now, so why aren't why haven't you seen it? Yeah, 
definitely you've sold it to me you've sold it to me <laughs> and uh, yeah I wouldn't be like Darren definitely is into right. the whole anime and animation thing. and I wonder has she seen it maybe she has actually this could be a, this could be a rare example of, of Darren going ma'am. Uh, hey ma'am yeah watch this <laughs> yeah, I know because I, I, it wouldn't be yeah. a genre that I dip into at all yeah mm, I'd be the same and um I like I'm not adverse to it, but like I'm not as well versed in it as I would be with it's definitely Western that's in popularity with, with yeah. younger. You can definitely see it's something yeah. I I feel old now because I don't know enough about it. You know, yeah, totally. <laughs> and there are parts of it that are very um, Japanese and anime. You know, there there's it starts off and there's a beautiful opening scene, and then it's got a which a lot of Japanese uh, anime have a a pop song kind of a title sequence pop song now it's not something that you would know do you know what I mean it's Mm. one written specifically Mm. for that but it's just like this is what these movies have when you go to see these movies in Japan they they start off with this bit and then there's a kind of a a song that everybody can like and you see the characters doing things that you don't necessarily see within the movie but um, if you can get over that and I would say absolutely do it's a beautiful piece of of cinema, and they're talking about a, a western remake. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful story. So if it gets more people to see it, then I'd kind of be all for that. But this is a this like like I say, it's it's there on Netflix. Go and see it. Okay, I'm looking at some of the art actually as you're talking there, and it does actually the art looks amazing. Yeah, um, it looks kind of as you said that kind of wondrous kind of. Mm. Uh, aspect to it yeah no definitely I will I'll check it out I absolutely yeah will. and the music is lovely as well the soundtrack I'm a big fan of soundtracks and it really does carry the emotion it's a very emotional film I found myself getting very emotional <laughs> towards the end of it <laughs> so it really beyond the the kind of the premise of the body swap it really engaged me with those characters and mm. by the end of it I have to say there was dust in my eye I had to Nah. It looks like it might it might go in a deeper deeper level than maybe some of the ones we were kind of talking about as well. You know. Yeah, I do think so. Like it's not. I mean, I I really enjoyed Freaky, but it's very much a slasher movie with this imposed on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, Freaky Friday, of course. We I I saw it when I was very young, but this I think takes the the idea of the body swap to. A new level like i say it, it very quick not very quickly but it does kind of go right i've established that now how do i tell a story after that mm. so maybe that's the thing how do you tell a story once you've done the body swap how do you tell a story then with these characters that you've you know you've invested in uh, and like so, you know and i think it does it really well and like you said earlier on you know it's about completely reimagining these well-worn tropes and kind of seeing yeah. what you can do with them so that's really interesting no definitely it's on my list i'm going to definitely watch that it's time to murder a scene so to murder a scene this week we decided to go with the iconic remake of freaky friday from 2003 starring jamie lee curtis and Lindsay lohan and this particular scene is the scene where they wake up after a spell has been placed on them and they realized they have switched bodies and here's a little taster of that actual scene wake up wake up Just have like one 
Honey, look, I think something's happened to us. What are you? It's me, Mom. You're not my mother. Yes, I am. Get away, you clone freak! Don't you use that tone with me. Oh, my God, you are my mother. And you're not who you think you are. <gasps> look at me! I know. We seem to be inside I'm each old! I beg your pardon. Oh, I'm like the Crypt Keeper! Okay, that's enough. And action. Hello. Hello in there. Wake up, honey. Mm. Wake up. Mm. Wake up. Mm. Okay, that's it. Could I just have, like, one more minute, please? Honey, look, I think something's happened to us. What are you? It's me, Mom. You're not my mother. Yes, I am. Get away, you clone freak. Don't you use that tone with me. Oh, my God. You are my mother. And you're not who you think you are. Look at me. I know. We seem to be inside. Uh, I'm old. I beg your pardon. I'm like the Crypt Keeper. Okay, that's enough. I want my body back. And I don't want mine. My wedding's tomorrow. Oh my God. Oh my God. My wedding's tomorrow. I can't marry Ryan. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, what? I have no idea. Mum... Maybe we should go to the emergency room. Oh no, all that'll get us is a 72-hour lockdown in the psych ward and a Thorazine drip. No, we're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you're in my body, and I'm in your body. Why, why don't we, like, uh... Yes, I see what you're saying. A jolt. Okay, you go over there, and I go over here. Now, when I say go, ready? Yeah. Go! Crash. Oh! Hey, Mom! Ow! Oh. <laughs> Ow! It didn't work. And no. scene. I when think you say you've it played... didn't work, do you mean the scene or do you mean... Oh, no, that totally worked. That totally worked. <laughs> the, scene was, the scene was watertight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. And much like Freaky Friday and the remake Freaky Friday and the Disney Channel musical remake Freaky Friday from 2016 <laughs> which we never got a chance to talk about no and Freaky from 2020 and the change up from what year was 2011. it 2011 2011 uh, we have all learned a lot about being stuck in each other's bodies we have for this I, episode haven't we I have learned that Niall does a lot of research and yeah. I really don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I yeah. learned that as well. <laughs> um, I have learned that Ross will close his eyes if he ever swaps bodies with his dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After all that body mind swapping, Ross is me, I'm Niall, Niall is Ross. I'm confused. I think I need a little lie down. But remember, film fans, be careful what you wish for because you may regret the life you so desperately wished to have. Till next time, bye. And we'll Bye. see you at the movies because the oh, movies sorry. are back. You're, you're doing exactly <laughs> oh my God, yeah. the same thing. Yeah, that's fantastic, though. We're we'll, so, yeah, we're so synced up. Yeah, our periods go are going to start syncing now. Oh, you, oh, yes. you go first.
You can just leave it at that. Oh, bye. <laughs> See you at the movies. <laughs> no, you can't have the last word. You always get the last word. Bye. <laughs>